Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a family man, a career man, and he's one of the best people that I've ever met in my life. Mr. Greg Fennett, thank you for joining me. It is my esteemed pleasure and honor, my friend. Listen, when I when I first started my podcast, you were one of the few people I was like, man, we've because you've had so many conversations, you know, personal conversations offline. And I was like, man, I would love to get him on my podcast. And honestly, I was scared to ask. <laughs> that is, I, I refuse to believe that because, you know, man, listen, you are a special young man and anything you ask me to do, as long as, long as it's not breaking the law, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we, look, I can tell you right now, I love my freedom. So there you go. <laughs> you never got to worry about that. <laughs> How'd you doing today? Really good, really good. It's a great day, man. Every day is a great day. So we're going to get started because we, one of the things that I always admired about you is, because I, like I said, I put it in, produ- in the introduction, is just the family man you are. And like, I just, I have so much admiration and respect for that. So how important is family for you? It is the the most important thing in the world. And it's really, uh, it's not all that matters, but everything I do is to increase the the quality of life for my family. And that's not only my wife, my lovely wife, Cheryl, and my son, Greg Jr., my daughter, Erica, but my extended family. And, you know, my mother is 84 and she's still alive. And so Every day is another day for me to do whatever I can to make her life more comfortable and more pleasant. So family is everything to me. And it's a longstanding tradition in my extended family. We are totally about our family. So it's it's everything to me. How long have you and Mrs. Fennett been married? 35, 36 years, actually. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Man, so you know everybody want to know, how do you make it last that long? Well, you know, first of all, she is, um, I love when people say, you know, my better half. I don't say that jokingly. She is the very best part of me. It's not, it's never been a question. Um, She is a, a spectacular person. But, you know, aside from that, you know, not only do I love her madly and honor her, but I also... Uh, have a lot of respect for who she is, the person she is. And I learned early in our marriage how to compromise that, you know, you know, I, I got married when I was 26 years old. And so when you're 26, you don't always see the world the way the world really is. And it took a little while. I was I haven't always been perfect at this. And, and every day hasn't been, you know, uh, 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 roses and and <laughs> And, 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 you know, roses and, and red wine, but they have all been good. And, and I will tell you that compromise is, and, 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 and really being of a, having a giving heart and being generous is, it helps a marriage a lot. I'm glad you used the word compromise because I don't think enough people know what compromise looks like. What does it look like to you? Uh, so, so compromise to me looks like doing things that don't necessarily put you first or not even in your best interest, but they're in the interest of the people that you love and care about. And 
you know, seeing them happy, you know, that's really important to you. Compromise is easy. Man, it's, it's it, you know what, it's just so like, just good to hear you say it, but I'll admit for myself, it can be hard. I, I can't be on the other side of this uh, interview and say it's not hard because sometimes it is hard for me. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm not trying, I'm not going to paint myself as, as anything anywhere near perfect. Um, it, but but I will tell you, I, I can say those things because I've learned along the way. And and Cheryl will be the first one to tell you the last person you want to have on to ask about my imperfections is her because she'll give you every one of them and, and she will be incredibly accurate about it. So, you know, I haven't always been, you know, uh, anywhere close to perfect, but I've always been pretty good and I've, I've never stopped, um, never stopped wanting to be better and not wanting to be a better dad or a better husband or a better friend or a better brother. I've always wanted to be better. And as long as you want to be better, uh, there's an opportunity for you. There's hope for you. You've mentioned family and you've mentioned marriage. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it feels like that people are trying to diminish the roles of fathers. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, it, it's a real, uh, I, it's, it's a challenge for me because here's what I want to, what, what I try to make sure and do is pay uh, a great tribute and a great amount of respect to the women who have, to the single parents, the moms who have raised sons alone. And there are some women who have done a spectacular job. All, you, know, you just, all you have to do is look around and, 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 and they've done a phenomenal job, but I don't know what the numbers, I don't know what the percentages are, but I would be willing to go out on a limb and say that uh, when there's a functional, um, caring, giving, loving father in the house, it does, it makes it a lot easier. It's not that it can't be done. It's like a pastor one, once told me years ago, uh, Pastor Stevens, and he was one of the greatest men I've ever known. He said, you know, a man with one leg can get around. He can get around okay but not quite like a man on two legs. So a parent, a, 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 a child with two parents, two functional parents is a man with two legs. Now the other one, he'll get along okay. And, 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 and he may even prosper and do well, but not quite like that one, the man with two legs. And so, you know, I, I kind of make that compare that, 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 that um, analogy because I think there are some incredible single moms, but I think they're also, uh, some when when you look at the look at it in aggregate when you when you look at the the the, the big picture, uh, it's so much easier and it's it's so much more uh, of a of, of a balance when there are two functional parents and they don't necessarily have to be married, but just functional because you know sometimes um, uh, divorce is not the worst thing to happen to, to folks if they just if it's creating a dysfunctional home. But I, I, and this is just, you know, my, my perspective, what I've learned over the years that I've been on this earth is that there are some parents that are uh, living in separate households that are absolutely spectacular. So fathers are really important, but I, I don't think there's anything, we just have to really get comfortable with what's been traditional for low these many years is not necessarily um, irreplaceable. There are some scenarios where, parents are divorced and living in separate households that are 
absolutely fantastic, phenomenal parents, and even better than some of the dysfunctional homes that that, that children unfortunately find themselves in. Hmm. We and you, we this is like uh, maybe about a month ago, two months ago, um, we were having a conversation, and you said something to me that it was so profound, and I like it stuck with me for days. You were so we were talking about men who work. And you said that it was, you, you said you watched your your uncles, I believe, and I think you may have said your dad, but I know you said like the men in your family, mm-hmm. you watched them work themselves to death and you said you did not want to be in that situation. Yeah. I, I want my listeners to hear you talk about that. Man, so that it is such a, I have such fresh memories. So my family, my roots are in North Carolina. My mother is from Weldon and my father's from Halifax and little obscure towns. Uh, but there were very few opportunities for men to work uh, really good jobs. And one of those opportunities was a mill called, uh, it, was, it was a paper mill. And all my uncles worked at that mill. And God only knows what kind of fumes they were inhaling, how much asbestos was floating around in that environment. But none of them lived beyond, you know, their late 60s, early 70s. I mean, they, they died young and they as soon as they retired, they were almost ready to die. And it's because their working conditions, they didn't have unions. They didn't have, you know, those things that, um, that most companies have now and, and that, that make it a work, a safe working environment. And so all of my uncles, especially on my mother's side, they died really young men. They worked hard. They took care of their families and, you know, they had to deal with the scourge of, of racism and, and, segregation. They couldn't even come in the front door. They came in the back door and, and they worked hard for, for what was, I'm sure, not fair wages. And they dealt and they worked in some, some very extreme working conditions. And, and so uh, that, that I, I, I saw that all my life. And they made good, you know, they, they made okay money. I know they weren't paid what they were worth. You know, my father was a Marine. Uh, he, 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 was a, he was a Marine, fought in World War II and came out and worked in the government. He was a painter. And all my life, my father worked at least two jobs. So he would work his government job during the day and paint in, in, in the evenings and the weekends. And I would work with him. And, you know, I was the grunt. You know, I had to do the fold the drop cloths and clean the brushes and pack the, the car back up, you know, when, when, when the work day was done. But man, I had, I, I, I got an appreciation for just how hard he worked and, and how much he went through to make sure that, you know, we didn't have, we, we didn't have everything by a long shot, but we never knew hunger. We never knew a lack of food. We never knew, we always had great Christmases. You know, back then folks didn't go on vacations at Disney World and overseas and islands like my kids did, but we went to grandma's house for, for a week. You know, that was vacation, you know, go back home. But, 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 you know, I, I looked at how hard my father worked and, you know, he, he lived a, 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 a good long while after he retired, but he died of lung cancer ultimately, which I'm sure had to do with the fact that he smoked and inhaled paint all of his life. But I was, it's a, you know, for me, I have a, a hard stop year that I'm not going to work beyond that because I'm not going to work until uh, six months before the day I leave this earth. So I'm going to enjoy this life as much as I can, not that I'm not enjoying it now. Me and my wife have, we're living our best lives. Uh, our kids are grown and gone and they're, they're self-sufficient, uh, but we are living our best lives and I'm determined not to, to work until the day I die. So 
that's 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 my perspective on it, man. When you were pursuing education, was that like at the forefront, like just the things that you wanted to accomplish, the, the plan you had for yourself? Was that what you what motivated you to keep pursuing your education? Yeah, well, I knew I needed to have a college degree. I knew that, you know, high school diploma uh, wasn't wasn't going gonna to do it for me because, I mean, if I had had a, a, a trade, like if I was a skilled mechanic or if I was, uh, if I had something that I knew I could do really well and make a, a prosperous uh, living for myself, I would have done that. But I knew I needed to go to college and I wanted to go to college. I really wanted to, uh, but I knew that I needed to, that I was going to have to work, you know, really hard and, and, and really do well if I was going to retire and not work in the conditions and the, 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 the labor intensive environment that I saw my uncles and my father work in. If I was going to do that, I knew I was going to need a little bit more education than a high school diploma. Did your dads and uncles get to see you grow? They did. You know, my father only passed, he passed away in 2005. So he got to see not only, you know, he got to see me, you know, go to college and graduate and get into corporate America and, and, and do, you know, some really good things for them, for, for, for my parents. And, and my uncles got to see a lot of that too. So that's, that, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, you hear folks say all the time, man, if my father could see me now, if my uncle, I wish my grandmother could see me now. When I was in college, I would go home, go to, to Weldon because I went to St. Augustine University in Raleigh. I would go home on the weekends to my grandmother's house and spend the weekend with her and, and, and my aunts and uncles. And every Sunday when I got ready to go back, they brought a, uh, they would bring cakes, fried chicken and food. And I would eat all week until I got <laughs> ready. And, and I'm telling you, when you're in college, you know, I came from a, a, a humble beginning. So I didn't have, you know, anybody sending me big money every week. So, man, that, that food came in handy all week. <laughs> you know, I would try to ration out, but I could, you know, I couldn't help myself. I would. I would rifle through that chicken, man, like I had been working on a chain gang somewhere. So it was, uh, but it was, it was a really great time. I, I had a really great college experience because my family was close. I went to college with a lot of people that I knew. And, and so, no, but I, I, I knew I needed to, to, to do well in school to live a, a, a prosperous life and, and do the things that I wanted to do in the time frame I wanted to do them. Did you have any troubles in college? Like, was it hard to finish or was, or you, you didn't really have experience? No, no, I, I didn't have any uh, hiccups at all. I, I, I'll tell you, because I knew that uh, so I was on a, a partial scholarship. I had a partial baseball scholarship. I wasn't on a full ride. So I walked on, on a baseball team. So I knew I had four years. I had to do four flat. Now I went <laughs> to college with a lot of people that, you know, got involved in fraternities, <clears throat> excuse me, and other things that created a, 4.5, five-year experience. I knew I didn't have that kind of time. So I went to summer school twice just to get ahead of the game. By the time I was a senior, I only I only had three courses and my student teaching left to do. So I, I was way ahead of the game. I, I, I knew four years flat, I needed to be out of school and out on the job circuit. I want to back up because it was something, we was, we was talking about you and your father. And there was a question that popped in my head and I really wanted to ask it. Mm -hmm. um, he got to see you grow as a man. Your uncles got to see you, um, you know, be a family man and grow into your job and your career. Did you two, did you and your father get to have like personal conversations, like in-depth conversations? Oh man, we had 
the deepest conversations. I will tell you that my father was from a generation, you gotta figure my father was born in 1926. And when he died, he was 79. Uh, and, and, but I, so he was from a generation that men didn't talk a whole lot. Mm. But, you know, and my brothers will even tell you, and I even had one of my brothers told me, you know, I was always envious of the relationship that you had with, with dad because I didn't have that. I, we never, I was never able to communicate with him the way you were. And, and, you know, and it's because it goes back to things that, 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 you know, me and my father experienced together, just from him taking me to sign up for summer jobs, to taking me to college and to, to me working with him, you know, Peyton and they never, my brothers didn't, they didn't do the kind of work I did. <laughs> they didn't go out, you know, they, they didn't go with him and clean brushes and fold drop cloths and climb on ladders up on rooftops to, to do that kind of work. But I did all that kind of work with him. And I will tell you that as he got older, um, we talked even more and he was even more candid. And, and that, you know, you hear about folks who are fought in wars and, and don't talk about their experiences. Well, me and my father talked about his uh, storming the beaches of Guadalcanal all the time. And, and he said, you know, I had reconciled with, that was the place I was going to die. That I There's no way that I would survive, you know, that because that was, he said, you could hear bullets whizzing by your head. He, and my father went in the Marines when he was 17. He put his age up to go in the Marines because he wanted to fight in the war. Wow. And so at 17, I can't imagine feeling bullets whizzing by my head. And I never asked him, the depths of, you know, of his combat experience, you know, did you kill anybody? Did you I never asked him anything like that, but he said, you know, I had reconciled. And when we left Guadalcanal, when we left, I can still see all those white crosses of, of soldiers that we buried, Marines that we buried uh, there on, 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 on that island. And so, and, and all, he said, it's just, it, you can't imagine, you know, the, 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 he didn't use the word carnage. He used another word, but he said, you can't imagine the death and destruction that you see around you in a war. So anybody that talks about war lightly uh, has never been in a war. Um, but but we talked about, you know, everything. And the older I got, you know, and when my father was uh, diagnosed with lung cancer, he would go for chemotherapy and, and I would take him and, you know, I would go with him and we would sit play cards and, and talk about all kinds of things. So yeah, we had some really in-depth conversations about just about everything. I'm gonna talk about the relationship you have with your son, Greg. Now you, you have a, you know, you have your daughter Erica, but I I've spent so much time with Greg. And, and, and before I even before I even get into the question, that is a phenomenal young man. Like I <laughs> I love Greg. I, I, you guys did it. I'm sure you did an excellent job with Erica too, but uh, Greg is one of the best human beings that I've ever met. That is a good, good man. Well, thank you for saying that, but he has, I mean, absolute mutual love and respect for you. I, he, he does. He, he, it's, it's, a, it's a total mutual admiration society. We, you guys, it, we had this, like I said, we've had so many conversations, but this one, this was another one really stuck out with me. Um, we were leaving a party and I saw you in the parking lot. We were talking for a few minutes mm -hmm. and we were talking about Greg and you, and it was a really simple statement, but it, it was so impactful. You was like, he's happy. I'm just happy to see him happy yeah. and doing the things he wanted to do. 
so as a as a father to a young man, how important is that just to see him blossoming and growing into the great man he is now? Man, it's it's everything, and I am I can't even tell you how proud of I am of the man that, that he is, and 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 his journey. I mean, I watched every step of his journey, and the man that he has grown into, and that he's even becoming more and more each day is. I mean, I'm, I can't even tell you how proud I am of him, but I will tell you that I'm so glad that he's happy because when he was in college, his first major was um, sports management. And I said, well, what do you want to do with that? He said, well, I, you know, I might be an agent. I like to get into sports. And I said, okay, so tell me what you really want to do. He said, you know, I, I really would like to uh, teach and, and, and coach football. I said, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you change your major to education? He said, well, you know, I don't know that teachers make make a lot of money. You know, I, I you know, I want to. I said, listen, let me tell you something. Um, I know a lot of people that make a lot of money, and their lives are not nearly as happy as people who make half of what they do and are fulfilling their passion and their life and their mission and and and, and their dream. So, listen, you'll do just fine financially. You should, you should do what makes you happy. And he changed his major and, and he became a, 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 he's a he's, I think he's in his 11th year of coaching, of teaching, I believe. And I can tell you that he has a passion for what he does. And I always told him that the things that you have a passion for, that's where you will excel. Not that if you're, you know, you have a brilliant mind for math and numbers, you know, not that you can't, you know, uh, do well in that as well. Also, but the things that you have a passion for, if you can find a way to transform your passion into what you do for a living, you'll never know a, a day of work, you know, and, and so he really has found the thing that makes him happy. And I watch what he does. Not only is he a really successful, a really good coach. I went to his game last night and I will tell you, first of all, that he knows things about football that I've never known or I will never know. <laughs> he is a student of the game. His play calling is absolutely exquisite. I love, I marvel almost at his play call. He really has a, a mind for the game. And even a, a coach that 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 was that he you know, one of the opposing coaches last night, he actually played for him in high school. And he said, uh, you know, he told him, I'm really proud of, of your play calling was really good. So he's a really he has a really good mind for football. But more than that, I watch how he interacts with these young men and these, and these young people. And he really does go the extra mile. He's taking kids on college visits. You know, he has friends in the NFL that donate shoes and he makes sure that the kids who don't have the resources that some of the other ones have get these good shoes straight from the NFL. And, I, you know, he's given, you know, he's really given a lot of himself to the people. And that's when you know you have a passion for something, when you don't mind giving of yourself. And it does. It's not. It's not even work anymore. So I'm really proud of what he's what he's doing and how he's doing it. Well, you know, one thing you told me too, and it really, it you you it had it really made me take a step back. Um, you told me even at Greg's age, I think he's, Greg's what 31, 32, 32. You told me that you still fear for him, and that was a really scary statement you made. Yeah. I, I want I know it's I know it can be hard, but just because of the climate of today, I do want you to talk about that some more. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I I'll tell you that, you know, America is, we're, we're in a, we're in a, a strange place, you know, and, and I say strange because we're almost going backwards in time. And, and, and look, maybe that's not, maybe this, we're just in the advent of the video and, and, and mobile phones having cameras. Maybe that, maybe this is, it's always been this way, but it's just so much more pronounced now, but, you know, he's 32 years old. And when he leaves my house at night, I even tell him to text me, you know, when he gets home or, or and, and so, and I, and I, I say that because when you look at the, the young men, young black men around, across America who are being struck down, you know, <clears throat> by police and unfairly and, and just illegally and almost in a criminal way, it's not, they're not all uh, 16 or 18 or 20. Some of them are 30 and 40 years old. So, you know, I, I even, and, and it's a shame that a man my age with a son his age has to worry uh, on, 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 on a daily basis about uh, whether or not he's going to be treated fairly if he gets pulled over. And, and I tell him all the time, make sure if you get pulled over, especially out here in Loudoun County, uh, make sure they know right away that you're a teacher. You've been a teacher in this public school, Loudoun County public school system for 10 years and, and, and you're an educator. They need to understand that. And so, you know, but, but, but it just, but it does speak to the fact that even at his age, man, uh, you know, black fathers, we don't ever have a day of peace. We, we never have a good night's sleep until we know that our sons are, are, and daughters are at home resting and safely in the confines of their own home. And hopefully they won't face, you know, some illegal intrusion by law enforcement that causes that, that ends up in their death. But yeah, I never stop worrying, man, ever. Hmm. I'm going to change the direction of the conversation because I, I, I want to keep this is I want to keep this as good energy and good positive energy. You, you and Mrs. Fender, like I said, you've done an amazing job of raising Greg and Erica. Um, what would you say is the proudest moment you've had as parents? Oh, man. Um, so both of their college, you know, graduations were, you know, just, just fantastic. I, I, I loved watching them uh, graduate from college. And I will tell you that when they went to college, uh, Cheryl was, I mean, it was, it was great for her. For, I was a bucket of tears. It, it was <laughs> devastating for me. I, mean, <laughs> I, I will tell you that when I took Erica, when I dropped her off at James Madison, uh, I spent all day um, getting her room together, taking her to Walmart, getting everything she needed, making sure everything was set up. And when when she walked me out to the car for me to go home, James Madison only an hour and forty five minutes from my house. Now it's not like she was at Berkeley. I mean, she was an hour and forty five minutes away. I couldn't even look at her. I think I cried all the way home. Wow. Oh, it was oh it was it was devastating for me. And and so when I got home, Greg was you know Greg was a, a junior. So I said, okay, well, it's hard, but I still got him. Well, when he went to school, when I when we took him to Old Dominion, it was like the night the lights went out in Georgia, man. I mean, it was <laughs> ooh, that was and, and 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 I'm telling you to the point that Cheryl, look, Cheryl actually told me, now you're gonna have to get yourself together. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the devil? What is it? No, don't you miss him? She said, no, listen. 
We have educated them. We have cared for them, loved them. We have given them everything we had to give. And they are, they're going to do fine. They're going to prosper just fine. And, and so it's our time to enjoy ourselves some because believe me when I tell you, they'll be back. <laughs> and I was like, this, that's not, we're not seeing this out of eye. You are. So, you know, trust me when I tell you, she was okay with it. She was happy to see him go. And I was just, I, 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 I turned into mush, man. I was, <laughs> I was, I was hopeless. Uh, did, did they actually see you break down or no? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. There was no hiding it. It was, oh, good Lord. Erica, even right now, she still feels sorry for how pathetic I was when she went to college. <laughs> she even still feels sorry for me. Um, you know, but no, it was, uh, man, I'm telling you, it was, that was not, that was, that was not my best day, James. That was not my best day. Well, I mean, like Mrs. Finna said, I mean, we grow up, we start finding our own way, and they, they've done an excellent job. So, hey, it was worth the tears. Yeah. So I think what, I, what I'm most proud of is just to watch, you know, and I don't, I, I know, you know, probably the proudest day right now has been watching them uh, from a ceremony from a one, a single event. It was watching them graduate, you know, walk across the stage in college because it was, that was, that was kind of completion. Now, Greg has gone back since and gotten his master's and we went down to Virginia Tech with him to do that, that graduation. That was, that was, that was, that was a very proud moment too, but you know, they, they, they do things all the time. Uh, watching Erica, um, her, her commitment to her faith and to Jesus Christ and to the work that she does with First Baptist Church of Sterling and how she grew in uh, a church we used to be uh, uh, members of, a Loudon Bible Church, just to watch her grow in that, in that ministry and be the person that she was, uh, the, 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 uh, just the, the spiritual leader that she was for so many people. Uh, that that was a very proud moment, but you know, and Greg is just—I mean, he's his his both of them have really good hearts, and I think that's what what I I look at both of them, and I'm so thankful for is that they're just they're good people, they have good hearts. And you as for yourself, you you said it you said it like in the beginning of the interview, you gotta you gotta at a certain age where it's, it's a wrap. You go you taking your ball, you going home. <laughs> Absolutely. So how many more years you got? It's hard to say, you know, and, and, and I talk about it um, in sometimes in definitive terms, but it's anything but definitive because I, I, I love what I do. I enjoy, I, I, I enjoy what I do, but also, you know, I, I enjoy the money too. So, you know, <laughs> it's not like I work for free. I'm not a volunteer. I, I work for the money. So I think anybody that enjoys what they do for a living and, and, and you make good money at it. it. It's walking away and retiring is easier said than done. So I talk the talk, but I'm not sure when that time comes, if I'm going to really be able to walk the walk. I think I am because there've been times when I had uh, companies that got bought or things and I had some downtime between, between uh, my next experience in like six months or so. And I was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that pretty good. Now, I had, uh, you know, great packages and, and a lot of money to, 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 to do the things that I wanted to do until I had to, needed to go back to work. But I will tell you, man, I think that, you know, I probably on, on the, on the real side, I probably have about five more years of, of doing what I'm doing before, before it's uh, the curtain call. And what does it look like after you 
after you uh, do the curtain call? Oh man. Well, so I am a, uh, a, a, I'm a big advocate of impacting your community. And I, I did a lot of things. I do a lot of things individually, but I'm also a member of Sigma Pi Phi, uh, the Boule. And our, uh, we do so much in the community. I'm the chair of social action. And so we do scholarships for our local uh, Loudoun County students. Uh, every Thanksgiving, we feed 400 families that are connected to the Loudoun County public school systems. Uh, we, I work with an organization called Excellent Options, which is a, a African-American organization for students, uh, basically K through 12. And, and, and we've, uh, you know, we support them on college tours and, and, and uh, tutoring programs and, and, and um, uh, counseling and, and, and mentoring. So I'm gonna probably have to keep, keep it secret when I do retire for at least a, a few months <laughs> because once folks know that I'm no longer, you know, hitting the bricks every day, the, 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 there's, a, there's, there's so much work to be done, but I joined, um, I've been a member of Sigma Pi Phi. By the way, it is the oldest African-American Greek letter fraternity in the United States, but it, a lot of people are not aware of that. Mm. And so we, uh, our, our, our calling is, 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 is about social action. And so uh, for me, the whole, the, 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 the draw for me is to impact the community on a, on a larger scale. You know, you can do things on your own, but when you are part of an organization, especially when you're chair of social action, you can really impact the direction and the people that you engage and the people that you um, uh, impact. And so that's been just like a, a true labor of love for me. So it'll be a lot of community service in my in my life when when my working days are done. Mr. Finn, I'll tell you what, I truly, truly appreciate you donating your time to my platform. And when I tell you, I enjoy every single conversation we have. I mean it from the bottom of my heart and for us to finally get this done and it to be recorded, I'm truly grateful and I'm thankful. Well, James, you are a phenomenal conversationalist. And I think that this platform uh, is, is, a, is a really fantastic opportunity for you to showcase your skills as, as an interviewer and as a conversationalist. And I tell you, I listen to all your podcasts. It's, they, they've just been phenomenal. I've enjoyed them so much. I just hope I can live up to the other guests that you've had. Oh, listen, it's, listen, I, when I tell you you have, it's, it's, it's been so great talking with you because I, you know, one of the good things about getting older, you get to appreciate people more. Absolutely. Like that's one of the most underrated things about getting older is your appreciate, your appreciation level goes up. And I, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate the man you are, the contributions you've made to your family, my family. I mean, you know, people talk about, you know, it's not enough men, it's not enough, you know, strong black men, but I look to you for leadership. You, have, you are a great example of a man, of a father, of a husband. And I just wanna say thank you for setting a great example for me and any other man or woman, whoever has crossed your path, because you're a brilliant man and your voice is definitely needs to be heard. And I thank you for sharing it on my platform. No, the pleasure is all mine, James. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Hey, listen, it's, it's been a pleasure. And 
I wish you all the best. I'm excited for the next five years. So you can, I don't know if I'm gonna come out there on that golf course with you, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see you ride it down. That is so, man, that now that will be the other half of my time. Part of the community <laughs> service, the other half will be on the golf course. Yeah. But listen, you you take care. And listen, and also, I, I need to say it because we don't say it enough, but I love you, man. I, I really do. And, and it's been such a blessing to have you in my life, and I really do love you. I love you too, man. I have mad respect for you. I love you to death, brother. All right. I want to, uh, again, thanks you. And, and all the best again. Thank you. My pleasure. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.